shocked, and really for the reasons that you said, Louisville's at home. They are a top five team. They're undefeated, and I agree with you that it is just more of a credit to Kentucky as uh, how good they are, and you know, certainly no disrespect to Louisville with that spread. But it, I, I think that Vegas kind of thought, hey. This is at the KFC Yum Center. Uh, Kentucky traditionally over the, well, I guess over the last five years, I don't know if you'd say traditionally over a five-year span, but Kentucky has had trouble in their first true road game over the past four or five years. Uh, I don't know if they even have a win in their first road game in that time span. And this is a rivalry game. And it's in rivalry games where strange things can happen. Underdogs can win. And, and, John Clay, he does this every year. He writes for the Lexington Herald Leader. He tweeted, texted, he did whatever he had to do, but talked to 80 media members and got predictions on the game. And he got national guys, he got Louisville riders, he got Kentucky riders. Uh, some people that you know have never covered a Louisville or Kentucky game in their lives, he just got a, a plethora of different predictions for the game. And I, I don't remember who said it, but... I think only three out of 80 predicted Louisville to beat Kentucky. And maybe it was four. Maybe it was four out of 80 predicted Louisville to beat Kentucky. And one of the guys, and only one was an outsider. The other three covered covers UofL and kind of lean, you know, lean Louisville side of things, which is fine. Uh, but one was a national guy that picked Louisville. And he made a good point. He, he said that, Good teams can upset great teams. It's not like this is some bad team that has to pull off a miracle. Good teams can beat great teams. I think he mentioned UNLV, Duke, 1991, which, Trevor, that'd be more your time span than mine. But that is the thing. Is, is Louisville's not, you know, this this isn't some Louisville team that it will be lucky to sneak into the NCAA tournament. This is a likely one, possibly, two seed, three maybe at worst. Uh, this is a good team that's going to be at home, a place that they don't lose often, uh, playing their heated rival, a team that they would love nothing more on the schedule. No other game sticks out as a game Louisville fans would want to win. So I'm not too shocked that the line opened uh, as a pick em. Uh, A little surprised, yes, but not shocked. And I would have probably had it at two, two and a half. Uh, and I think Kentucky will win by more than that. But I... This is going to be closer than a lot of people think. This is going to be closer than a lot of UK fans think, Trevor. It could be, and, and no, no disrespect to that man's comparison, but if Louisville was anywhere near as good as the 91 UNLV team, or the 91 that had three lottery picks on their roster and four total first-round picks, I think that would, that was more of a great team upsetting a great team opposed to a good upsetting a great. But Louisville, I mean, it's, it's obviously, I think Louisville fans are being a little more negative and myself as well, just not trying to, to, to put, post ourselves up there to be let down. I mean, let's. I mean, if you look back at the numbers, I mean, Cal Perry's what seven and one versus Louisville. This is a UK team that's already played one top five team and beat them by forty. Now, granted, up until right this weekend or this this week, that team had also looked really good except for Temple game. But I mean, every, everything points to me that this is. I made a, I made a side bet with a friend and he gave me fourteen points and I took it and almost thought I should have gotten sixteen or seventeen. That's how kind of uncomfortable I felt about this game. I'm, you got fourteen I, points from a friend. Yes, I also bet a straight up bet. Also, that what's called a slap bet, which means if Louisville loses, he gets to smack me as hard as he wants in my face. <laughs> and if Kentucky uh, and Louisville wins, I get to smack him as hard as he wants in his face. And as much trash as he's talked to me over this last week and a half. I'm really looking forward to hopefully being able to smack the crap. I might smack him regardless, actually, the way he's been talking trash. 
Well, that's but, a good thing about slapping. You don't have to get both parties' approval. No, that's but, a good point. <laughs> but one of my friends did text me, a UK fan, and this was a few days ago. He said, I, I, I made a drunken bet last night. I want to know if I'm in trouble. And I said, well, what was the bet? And he said, I, I gave 10 points in the game on Saturday. And he's a UK fan, like I said. Uh, he said, is that is that a terrible bet? Can, am I going to be okay? What do you think? And I've, I've, I said, I don't think that, that was a very good bet. Uh, UK could win by 10 points, but... I don't think that's a very good bet. And two, here's the thing, and and this goes for your buddy that gave you 14 points. If you're a UK fan, don't give more points than what the line is. Because if you want to bet it, then go bet it. Find a bookie. Find somebody (laughs) that will give you the line. Find a, a gambling website where you can actually do it. Don't give more points. 14 is unbelievably high. Trevor, I, and I know you might be a little bit worried about it, and there is a chance. This is, and this isn't special. This UK UVL game, almost every UK UVL game we go into, nobody really knows what's going to happen, especially early on in the season. Uh, last year, I was very vocal about how I, I knew Kentucky was going to win that game in Rupp Arena, uh, and I, I had said that since. July, just because I, I didn't see a scenario where UK was going to lose at home to Louisville with Louisville coming off a national championship. It had more so to do about the outside factors heading into the game versus the game itself. But uh, Louisville actually was a little bit closer than I thought. But with the exception of last year for me, you don't really know what you're getting from UK UVL games. I'd say two years ago in the Yum Center, it would have been a, a, a surprise had Kentucky won. But it was also kind of a surprise how close Kentucky had and the chances they had to win that game. So this is kind of the typical part of the rivalry. You don't know what to expect. Would you be completely shocked if, and I know I know your answer is going to be Trevor, but would you be completely shocked if Kentucky won by 15 plus? Probably not. No, I mean, what what would what would what have, what have I seen through this year that make me think otherwise? Kentucky, other than the fact you can point out well Columbia and Buffalo games, that's fine. But I've been on the record saying already that this UK team. I have no, I have no doubt the UK team is going to have maybe a slip up, not a loss, but possibly a slip up on the road against a lower level team like an SEC opponent. But this, I don't see this Kentucky team overlooking a, 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 comp, a, a big game, even though if it is on the road, I don't see them overlooking a Louisville. I didn't see them overlooking a UCLA, a North Carolina, a Florida. I, I just don't see them doing that. I, I see their biggest concern avoiding uh, of not getting an undefeated season being on the road against an Arkansas or a Missouri or. And I don't, I'm, if I name a team that's not on their schedule, I'm sorry, I'm just throwing out random teams. You know, <laughs> a Tennessee, someone like that, that they could go in and sleepwalk well, and find themselves in a, a single digit game with three or four minutes to play because they've kind of cruise controlled up to that point. If you do that against Buffalo at home, Columbia at home, that's fine. You can still dominate it by 10 and not even turn the switch on until 30 seconds left in the game. But against a team with a little bit better competition, even though they're not still at your level, I think that's where their slip up's not going to be. Not against the Louisville, unfortunately. And that's a good point, and that's what Mike Rutherford had said in that John Clay prediction, and he was the one Louisville guy that covers Louisville that picked Kentucky to win, and he picked Kentucky to win by a pretty decent margin, and he, and that, he said exactly what you said, Trevor, is that if you're going to beat Kentucky, you're going to you're going to sneak up on them, they're not going to prepare for you, they're going to overlook you, 
they're not overlooking Louisville. John Calipari's not overlooking Louisville. And he spoke with the media today, and it was the same old coach speak. He did have a funny quote that we'll get to, uh, but it was the same old coach speak where it's just another game. It's uh, They're not, you know, Patino wants to win this one. He doesn't care about his record in the past against him, and that none of that matters. That All that goes out the window on Saturday, and partially that's true. But, Trevor, you bring up a good point. When Kentucky's had a big game, a game that – uh, they've been, you know, ha- have circled, will be on national television, have the, the rest of the nation watching it. They've been unbelievable in those games, with the one exception with that being the Texas game. Now, they had about a week to prepare for Texas. And that was a top 10 matchup, maybe a top five matchup. I forget what Texas was heading into that game. That was the only game where Kentucky wasn't overwhelming and played a bit sluggish. For whatever reason, but they still ended up winning that game by 12 points. If you looked at just the score of that game, you'd go, oh, yeah, okay, well, that was an easy win. It wasn't as easy as 12 points said, and in the first half, it was, uh, it didn't look super promising for Kentucky, but in the second half, they turned it on and was able to pull away. That's the only game where Kentucky has had time to prepare. It's been a national marquee game, and they haven't been close to perfect. You know, UCLA, that's about as close to perfect as you'll get. Uh, North Carolina, despite it only being a 14-point game, that game was never in doubt. Kentucky looked really good in that game. And then Kansas, obviously, to start the year, uh, Kentucky was was amazing. So now they've had a week for Louisville. Granted, I do think Louisville is the best team that Kentucky has played this year. And this uh, and it's a true road game. You have to take those two things in consideration, and those are two big things. But I, I don't see a scenario. Uh, we talk about how, you know, you, Nothing would really surprise me. Nothing really would. The only thing that would would be a Louisville blowout over Kentucky, and I think that would surprise most people. But if Louisville were to win this game by two or three, that wouldn't completely shock me. But this, it's a tough, it's a really, really tough test for Louisville. And this will be a good measuring stick for Louisville, Trevor. This will be a good chance to see just how good this Louisville team is because some Louisville fans I've talked to, they haven't been impressed with Kentucky's wins. Uh, yes, they killed UCLA, but UCLA is terrible. Yes, they killed Kansas, but that was just one game, and Temple did the same thing. Uh, Texas didn't have their starting point guard, and, and UNC isn't the same UNC team. Uh, well, the thing is, I, if, if you're going to say that, then Louisville hasn't beaten anybody besides an okay Indiana team, Ohio State, and a, a very average Minnesota team and and Louisville's best win obviously would be that Ohio State win out of that bunch and then UNC goes and 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 hammers Ohio State for 38 minutes before Ohio State made this comeback and UNC still held on to win so this will be a good test for Louisville and Louisville fans to see where they are heading into ACC play which ultimately this UK Louisville game it's going to end it's going to give you bragging rights one team will get a quality win on their resume. The other one, both teams are going to the tournament. It's not like either team has to have this game. So besides a win, Trevor, would a close game and a, and a loss make you feel much better about maybe heading into ACC play? Or what can Louisville take away from this game besides bragging rights and, and maybe even something in a loss? Close to another. There's, there's no close wins making me feel better about ACC play. Losing to Kentucky by six. Is not going to make me feel better about going to North Carolina and going to Duke and and taking on those and and going to Virginia and, and those atmospheres. It's not going to make me feel any more warm and cozy inside. Like I'd had some hot cocoa or something like that. Now, if an individual player shows me something like an honest Mahmoud shows more shows more uh, more more uh, what I'm not, but, uh, 
progress forward like he has over the, and, and as well as in the Kentucky game shows more progress, then that'll make me feel a little better going to ACC play maybe. But a close win's not going to make me feel any better when I'm getting smacked by my friends who bet against me. And it's not going to make me I, feel any better for the next 365 days, especially going to tournament play, that uh, my friends know that Kentucky beat Louisville even if it was by 3, 6, or 22. It's Either way, it was a loss. Well, and I'm not saying that it should be a moral victory, but I, I I do think that you should maybe feel a little warm and fuzzy if Louisville <laughs> is very competitive in this game, and and just like the NCAA tournament game, maybe Kentucky makes a, a crazy play or hits a but, crazy but shouldn't shot. Kentucky, shouldn't Louisville be competitive in this game? That shouldn't make me – you make it sound like that's like out of the realm of expectations. Louisville is a top-five team who, yes, I agree their resume doesn't just exactly blow you away because Ohio State – has beaten less teams than probably Louisville has and lost every quality game they've played. And Indiana's maybe right there with them as their best, you know, resume win. And Indiana's not showing you that they're a, a, a you know, anything better than maybe a second round team to begin with. Louisville should, you know, in, in theoretically should be in this game, should not get blown out in this game. The line makers said it themselves. They are only a four point loss, according to Vegas. So losing in a close game is not something that should be unexpected to make you feel better about yourself. It's, it's something that you sh- you already been told that that's what you are. You are a close loss away from this team by your resume. Well, and that's true with the line. But again, I think for the most part, this Louisville team is hasn't really been tested. And, and I no. mean that. I think Ohio State made a terrible decision playing a zone in that game uh, and didn't really give themselves even a chance to win. Uh, the Indiana-Louisville game was fun and exciting, but, you know, Indiana wasn't going to beat Louisville. And then the Minnesota game, if you're talking about maybe a possible loss, that might have been the only one on the schedule where Louisville actually could have slipped up because it was in a airport hangar and... <laughs> It was a Crawford gym. It, it, it was just a – it was the first game of the year. So maybe – and he was playing his son. Maybe something crazy would have happened. So they haven't really been tested. So my point – what I'm trying to say is that if Louisville kept this game close, lost despite that probably being what could happen, what should happen, what people are expecting to happen, I think if I were a Louisville fan, I'd say, okay, we went toe-to-toe with Kentucky. Uh, we're not a perfect team right now. We'll get better. But guess what? ACC play is going to be tough. We're going to go to North Carolina. Duke's coming to town. North Carolina's going to come back. Uh, Virginia looks really, really good. But if we can go toe-to-toe with Kentucky, which everybody is assuming is, without a doubt, the best team in college basketball, then we can be unbelievably competitive in the ACC and bring on Duke and bring on North Carolina. And maybe, you know, I don't I don't really get the vibe that Louisville fans think they're going to end up with a one seed, but I don't know that that's necessarily out of the picture. So I think that you you can feel a lot better, or you can feel good if you're a Louisville fan by making this game close. And yes, maybe that's what they should do, but I think that would staple in your spot in the top five and, and, and be a legitimate top five team. Uh, because right now, I think the jury's still out on Louisville. It is, and then Louisville has. As you talk about Kentucky having some some the the questionable games. We mentioned the Buffalo, and you said Texas. They look kind of sloppy, even though they had a nice win. Louisville hasn't has been kind of shaky the last couple of games itself. You look at the. I mean, obviously Montrez Harrell being thrown out of the Western game can be used as a reasoning, but the Louisville wasn't a closer game with Western Kentucky. Not a very good Western Kentucky team, by the way, as well. You know, it's kind of Wellington. The game before that kind of stuck with them a little bit, maybe more than they should. And even the Cal State Northridge game just the other night. I mean, it was. A sloppy game until Louisville kind of, as my Coach K would say, let the boom down on them you know, midway through the second half and made it look the score look a little more bigger than it was. Louisville's not exactly been, you know, turning heads and, and, and I guess kissing babies, whatever you want to say to <laughs> over the over the part of the first part of the season as well. They've been 
somewhat uh, not the most impressive team for a top five team as well, like despite uh, what their rankings say. Well, I hope this Louisville team isn't going around kissing babies well. because <laughs> then, then I don't know if I want to be in the Yum Center on Saturday. But oh, come on. They're babies. They're cute. You kiss the little feet. They're adorable. <laughs> but before we go to the break, on the flip side, this is a really important game for Kentucky. And if Kentucky loses, I don't think expectations for Kentucky fans should change. I don't think the season outlook should change. I think, hey, you lost your rival in likely a competitive game in a hostile environment. You'll be fine. Uh, you know, we've seen this story before from Kentucky if they were to lose. But this is why it's so important. And you kind of alluded to this earlier in the show. After this Louisville game, who is Kentucky going to play? Where is a signature win on the schedule? At Florida would be the only one. And that's that, that's. That's not even that great of a win with how Florida started. Uh, Florida's looking like, at best, maybe they could sneak into a five or six seed. But realistically, if they make the tournament, they're right in that eight or nine range. Uh, And they don't go on the road to any tough places with the exception of maybe Missouri. And I I, kind of want to throw that one out because Missouri's been awful this year. So besides this Louisville game, there's not another signature win out there for Kentucky. So you need to Kentucky needs to get this one. They need to get this one, and then I don't want to say go into coast mode because you know the defending national champs last year lost at South Carolina to one of the worst teams in college basketball. And but you need to go. You can go on. Trevor. No, I was going to say no. You, you, Florida has a chance to turn things around. I agree. They've they've rocky start. They're seven and four, but they're also going through some ups and some some internal issues with some injuries and things like that on the team. So they they have a chance to turn things around. But outside of that. You're right. Other than Florida, your next quality game may be your Sweet 16 game in the tournament. That's probably exactly your next and that's time. Even, that was yeah, and that I I I meant to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up because the SEC tournament's in Nashville. The SEC's terrible. It's gonna be a. It might as well be in Rupp Arena at that point. And then the first and second round games are gonna be in Louisville for Kentucky, which again might as well be in Rupp Arena, and they're not gonna be played good teams. Uh, the eight seed that they play in the tournament might be better than any other SEC team, with the exception of maybe Florida. And if Kentucky had to go to Arkansas this year, maybe that would be a game that would be tricky for Kentucky, but they don't. Arkansas has to come to Rupp, and that's about it. So I I agree with you. After this one, you might as well not look for a signature win. And like you said, until middle to late March, when UK is going to likely go to Cleveland to play a Sweet 16 game against, you know, who knows what, who knows who. So this is pretty much it for Kentucky, and this is late December. But besides this, no more quality wins for a very long time. So you you, you want to seize it if you're the Cats. But, We're gonna head to the first commercial. Arc, TJ, Trevor? TJ, that does set up my theory though, and and what you talk about Rutherford bringing up is it sets up that that road scenario at a South Carolina or at a Missouri or at an LSU or at a Tennessee where you know that Kentucky goes in kind of sleepwalks and into a game and gets hit with that one maybe first loss of the season and only only loss of the season. And we'll get, and I'll have a better feel if, if that's possible tomorrow. If Kentucky plays poorly, if they just if they play poorly, if they lose, they lose. But if if they play poorly, then I would be a lot more concerned about random road games throughout the year. But if they look good and end up losing, then I I don't I mean I don't know, Trevor. I know that they might sleepwalk into a game, but when you've got nine or ten guys that can play, then you. You got to imagine that not all can of them afford are to let, you can let, you can afford game. let three or four sleep in is what you're saying. Exactly. And it's a 40 minute game. Yes, they might have a shaky half, maybe they have a shaky 30 minutes, but at some point 
they're going to wear down these terrible, terrible teams in the SEC, but we'll see. There's plenty more to talk about. we got to talk about the officials, and we got to talk about some Calipari quotes from today. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. UK, UofL, just less than 24 hours away. The game will be over almost in 24 hours. So uh, stick around. We will be right back. You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back. Second segment here on a beautiful Friday. Trevor, it's a shame you're all pent up in the studio today. Yeah, because if I was in here, I'd be pent up in my bedroom. You wouldn't You wouldn't be out and about enjoying this nice weather? I was on an extension cord for my TV and PS4, no. <laughs> I'm not a camping guy. I'm not. If I'm going to go out, uh, me, uh, you know, roughing it out in the woods is like a, with a, an RV and a, you know, and a satellite dish hooked to it and things like that. I'm not much of a camper and wilds, you know. A I, well, I'm not, say, I'm not saying go on a hike, Trevor, but maybe, <laughs> you know, go out there and take a walk or uh, play golf. I got a few offers to play golf today. I, I would have loved to do it. Yeah. TG, you've met me. Walking and me don't really get along too well. No. Okay. Well. Uh, well, maybe you know if you walk out to your car, you can enjoy the weather for for a brief, uh, a brief stint. But if, if, I, if I, I'd be more like the old lady in in uh, Gremlins who used the you know the chair that lifted her up around the house and took her upstairs, and <laughs> that's that's more that's more leaning towards my style of life than uh, than actually you know the walking part. I see. I see. Are you going to be down there tomorrow for the game? I will. Yourself? Uh, I will be. I'm not covering it. So, uh, but I'll be. I'll be outside and uh, outside and about. Uh, we have. I believe we had two guys credentialed, or we we got two credentialed seats, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough for my family and grandma. Uh, they have season tickets, so the best way to get three Cats Illustrated members in the building is me using one of those tickets and credentialing somebody else. It's sneaky uh, Dawson him. <laughs> so so that way we'll be able to talk about it on the podcast and on the message boards, and uh, I'll be able to talk about it on the radio show, which will be better uh, better for everybody. But uh, speaking of this game tomorrow, and, and I mentioned before the break that this time tomorrow, 3.35 right now, uh, the Kentucky-Louisville game will be in crunch time, winding down. But a little little part of me, and I think a little part of everybody, th- thinks that this game may go well past the normal allotted two hours. I think there could be a lot of foul calls. And we got the officiating crew for Saturday. And you're going to have Roger Ayers, Michael Roberts, and Carl Hess. And it was funny, all the Louisville fans were complaining about Carl Hess. Uh, and all the Kentucky fans were complaining about Roger, Roger Ayers. At that point, it just kind of has to be a wash, right? I know I could give two bleeps who the referees are. It, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Well, I, I know that certain referees call certain games certain ways, 
But that should be the team's prerogative to adjust to the referee style, not the vice versa way around. Well, here's the thing, and I was talking about it with my girlfriend today, and then she's actually off work, so she's hanging out listening. But uh, first off, there's not thousands and thousands of college basketball officials, and, and there's no the NCAA doesn't have a they don't prior they don't it's not random. It's not like okay, well, you guys are going to do this game, and then we're going to send you out the West Coast. You're going to do this game because you haven't done that. You haven't covered this team in a while. Uh, no, it's it's. You know they they respect geography for the most part, and the most experienced refs are going to do the biggest and best games in college basketball. Uh, and, and newsflash: Louisville and Kentucky have played in some of the biggest and best games in college basketball over the past few years. So they're going you're going to get the same officials recycled in and out. And guess what? If you play in enough big games. Stuff's going to happen in those big games. There's going to be games where there's are a lot of fouls. There's going to be games where a coach may get a technical. So it kind of works out that way where it, it's it, it's bound to happen. I think it'd be almost more concerning that if one of these guys, if Rogers Roger Ayers had had called, and he's called UK games, I think since 2005. I think it'd be more surprising if there hadn't been a technical on John Calipari in all the games that he had officiated. I mean, that's a lot of games. Now. Here's the thing. I don't think Roger Ayers does a good job. Uh, and I, I, one, he was in that, I forget who was playing Trevor, but he was officiating that game last year where there were six guys on the floor and they hit that last second shot. Uh, yeah, I'm trying, I, I don't, I'm trying to blame. Uh, it was Western Kentucky. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was. Lost to Louisiana Lafayette, was yes, it? Yes, it was. Yeah. It was a, I remember it being yeah. a Sunbelt game. Yeah. Yeah, that's not well, good. Maybe Louisville can get away with having six guys on the floor with this guys on the and, referee, and, and and that's not one of the bigger or better games in college basketball. So I'm not really sure why he was officiating that. But that and that's not if you get a blocker charge call wrong, whatever. If you call a foul and the guy went straight up and didn't even touch the offensive player, eh, you know that stinks. But whatever. Uh, if you call it out of bounds on one team and it maybe it, it, the other guy tipped it, that happens. But to miss something like that is unbelievable. That's being lazy. That's not doing your job after a timeout and counting the players on the floor. I mean, that's you can't make excuses for that. So I don't think Roger Ayers is that great of a guy, and it, it's probably not. It's probably not good news for Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily bad news, but it, it's you know I kind of agree with you, Trevor, where it probably doesn't matter. But Kentucky has lost the last four games that he officiated. Uh, the the the. Two of those were upsets, um, and Calipari was teed up once in that game, and that the one he was teed up was the UK-UNC game last year where it was going into the half where John Calipari was complaining and got teed up and gave UNC two free throws. And I forget what that made that score, but I, uh, watching that game, I thought it was just an idiotic move by Calipari, and he, he deserved to be teed up. So you can't really get that mad about that one. But I remember this other one, and this was a bad one on Roger Ayers' part. Uh, it was Kentucky at Tennessee during UK's national title year, and for whatever reason, Kentucky struggled against Tennessee that year. They they won both games, but struggled against Tennessee. And this, uh, they were playing it in Knoxville. They won sixty five sixty two, but John Calipari was complaining to uh, one of the refs. He was kind of following the ref up the sideline, just talking to him. He was he was still in his coaching box at that point. And Roger Ayers from the other other corner of the floor called the technical on Calipari there. And I remember that, and I just 
I mean, how do you do that? I don't know how that happens. Uh, so that's the one thing that really jumps out is, wow, that was a bad call. Um, the question I have for he, you that you know these referees a little better than I do, and I've never been one. I'm, I'm refereeing and scouting is like recruiting scouting to me. I've just kind of stepped back and been an old man and not really gotten into it as much. With your knowledge of these refs, and you seem to at least know Rain, uh, Mr. Ayers pretty well. I'm, I'm curious if he's a boxer brief guy that you tell me that too. But <laughs> is, is this the referee crew that's going to call this game like a Texas-UK game? Or is this a, a crew that appears to you that's going to more let the game play, which would obviously, I don't know, I guess that would maybe favor Louisville a little more if they're allowed to be more physical. But then again, with the Kentucky's depth and size, I don't know if that's maybe a good thing. Maybe you'd want a tighter game for Louisville. I'm really not on, on, a, on a definitive side of the fence on which one I would prefer as a Louisville fan. But it, this, does this crew look to, as you, does somebody's going to call it close or let them play Big East style? I think that they will call it close. And uh, again, Louisville fans weren't happy with Carl Hess and, and even some UK fans don't like Carl Hess. There's a, a subscriber Carl. on our message. There's a subscriber on our message board who pays money to read our info and we appreciate him. But out of all the usernames he could choose, he could have made it, you know, cat lover four or we want nine or whatever he wanted to make it. He made his name blind Carl Hess and his avatar is a, a, a blind, you know, a blind guy with a, a walking stick. Uh, so, you know, UK fans don't really like him either. And I think Carl Hess was the ref that tossed those two NC State fans last year, if you remember, Trevor. I think he was the guy. I, I remember the incident. I don't remember the referee. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain it was him. Uh, so they're not crazy about him. But here's the thing. I think in, at what point when the refs are named is a fan base thrilled? When is when is the the officiating crew announced and you see fan bases going, yes, we got this ref. He loves us. It never happens. Uh, and there's big names and and officiating that people hate. Uh, Doug Shouse is a guy that everybody doesn't like. That's and the one Val- name I know in refereeing, by the way, is Doug Shouse. And Valentine, <laughs> yeah. TV Teddy. People don't like him either. Uh, but And Carl Hess is another big name in, in officiating. So any of those games people get upset about. So uh, I don't think it really matters. I agree with you. But in terms of what kind of game they're going to call, they're going to call a tight one. And I don't think I think it's just because, uh-oh, this is a rivalry game. These two teams don't like each other. And then you got Montrose Harrell coming off, uh, you know, uh, fighting people, just punching guys in the face. So I, I'm kidding about that. He held back but on that punch. <laughs> I, I'm kidding about that. But they're going to call that close because of those things. They don't want it to escalate. They don't want there to be a, a brawl. They're going to they're going to try to prevent everything they can, and they're going to try to make the teams not play, not contest shots, and kind of play soft defense, which is unfortunate. But I think you're going to see a lot of fouls. Roger Ayers was one of the officials that called the the UK UNC game last year, uh, where there were. And I've got the number in front of me here, so don't think that I had memorized this. But they had he had called 57 fouls in that game uh, between the two teams, which is a lot. That's high. So I think you're going to see that. UK-UNC is kind of a rivalry game. They probably didn't want that one to get out of control. UK-UVL, obviously bigger, better. They're not going to want that one to get out of control. Uh, so I think you're going to see a, 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 a lot of fouls. And, you know, as we say, it's 343, 24 hours. The game should almost be over. I wouldn't be completely shocked if there was still – 12, 15 minutes left in the second half at this point tomorrow. I think you will see a lot of fouls. I think you are going to see low-scoring games. I keep alluding to that, uh, going back to that John Clay prediction thread. He predicted that the score would be 44-40 UK. It'd be the football score, but reversed. 
Uh, I think it'll be higher than that, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the game in the 50s, maybe the low 60s. One positive note for the foul calls is, as I'm looking at stat sheets, uh, referee statistics right now, most fouls per game by referees, both Hess and uh, Ayers, are way down the list in terms of fouls they call per game, while a guy named Paul Jansen averages 44.1 a game uh, through 14 games. Ayers and Hess, who are two of the more used refs, at 39 and 36 games, respectfully, this year, already used. That's a lot of games. Man, Lord, they're just traveling that is a around. Lot of games. Uh, they, <clears throat> they only call roughly about 34 to 36 fouls per game each, which is a minimum number opposed to the, the average in the in this season. Yeah, and here here's another thing that, to watch for. Kentucky and Louisville are, are really good defensive teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think you throw Virginia in there, and those are your top three defensive teams in the country. You can mix and match the order all you want. It's not worth arguing because all of them are just – they're better than everybody else. So if they call a ton of fouls, I'm, I might have a problem with that just because these are good teams. They're good defensive teams. They're smart defensive teams. Uh, it's not that they just have long shot blockers that don't really know how to play, but – you know, they can make plays. These guys are smart and they're good and they know what they're doing. So I think if you're going to have a bunch of foul calls, I'm going to be curious if those foul calls are going to be good or not, because these are teams that, that know what, you know, they know how to play their opponents. They know how to time their block shots. They know how to contest layups and go up. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on anyway. Uh, but I, you know, the refs are going to make mistakes. They're going to do, they're going to make bad calls for some team. They're going to make good calls for other teams. Uh, it's going to go back and forth. It's going to even itself out. And they're going to be a little bit influenced by the home crowd because that always happens. So that's good news for Louisville. But Kentucky, you have to you have to know that going in and you have to be able to overcome that. And that, you know, John Calipari, he's not a spring chicken. He knows he knows what to expect. Uh, uh, let's let's talk. Uh, I want to I want to get this out there uh, for John Calipari is talking to the media today about Louisville. Asked which players worry him on Louisville or, you know, who to watch out for on Louisville. Trevor, he said, Black, uh, Blackshear, Rogier, and Smith. I'm <laughs> Do you think the you think this uh, mysterious Smith guy is going to have a big game for Louisville tomorrow? Is this the secret weapon for the Cards? I, I'm hoping that uh, unless he knows something that I don't, that Russ Smith has been giving a, uh, a a day pass from the Pelicans and able to come and play one more game in college. I, I'm unaware. Or if he's listened to my analogy that calls Chris Jones a poor man's, poor, poor, broke man's, Russ Smith, maybe that's what he's referring to. Maybe he listens to, my, listens to the uh, 1450 uh, podcast and, and uh, got confused in his uh, analogy. I think that must be what it is. Uh, he, he, uh, he obviously was, I think, thinking Chris Jones and accidentally said Smith because obviously. he almost had a lot of Smiths over the years. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, oh, tons of Smith. And he probably just... Uh, just accidentally said Smith and regarding Jones. Maybe he's afraid he'd mispronounce Sonowaku's name and just call him Smith. Yeah, that, that, that's something I worry about. I, I worry about doing that. Uh, but uh, he he went on to say that this the UK UVL, or his team, his UK team, has not watched much film on Louisville this year with the exception of Dakari Johnson. Uh, they haven't watched any yet. I'm sure they will tonight, if that even is true. You have to take everything John Calipari says with a grain of salt, like you do Rick Pitino and like you do a lot of college coaches, uh, both basketball and football. But that kind of surprises me. You've had a week to prepare, and you haven't watched any film yet. This is a Louisville team that, you know, every team, players have things they like to do, and they have things that bother them. Louisville's no exception, so that kind of surprises me. Uh, But 
we'll, we'll see. All right, so we're going to take our last break. We'll run a little bit late. We'll come back. We'll give predictions, what Kentucky has to do to win, what Louisville has to do to win. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Bus. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Bus. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Bus. Trevor, is that a nice little double intro there? Well, here's the problem. I hit start and I didn't hear anything because I guess my headset was loose or something. So I restarted the intro, not realizing it was it was playing, but I just wasn't hearing it. Hey, the intro so nice, you did it twice. That's so right. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not upset about it. Uh, anyways, we don't have a ton of time. I, I do want to get to this. I mean, sometimes an hour is not enough. But I forgot to illustrate it every year for the last three or four years. I've done a position by position breakdown. I talked about this on the show on Tuesday, and mentioned that. It was going to be tough this year with UK doing the platoon thing. It wasn't a true matchup. Also, I don't know who's going to guard who. Uh, John Calipari's not going to necessarily have his point guard guard Louisville's point guard and shooting guard and shooting guard and go down the list. He's going to switch things up. Uh, so, you know, there's changes in that. But, but it's still fun to talk about. And, and Trevor, we're going to make this quick. So uh, not long-winded answers, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to. And this is a, a premium feature that I'm going to talk about for free here on the show. So you guys are getting something special here, the the few that are listening. Happy Boxing uh, Day, UK fans. <laughs> exactly. Uh, point guard. Uh, I, I gave Andrew Harrison versus Chris Jones. I gave the advantage to Kentucky. Yay or nay, Trevor? Uh, I'm going to say that's a push. Can I say push? You can say push because there's some pushes on here. Okay, I'm going to go push on that. You're saying push there. Yes. Uh, I, I, I just I think Andrew Harrison's a lot better than Chris Jones, uh, in my opinion. But I I know Louisville fans aren't over well or you know overly impressed rather with Andrew Harrison. That's all based uh, on Jones's defense's ability to slow down Harrison. By the way, is the push. That's all reason it's getting a push. Understandable. Shooting guard, uh, Aaron Harrison, Terry Rozier. I said push there, and I know Louisville fans will totally disagree with that, uh, but. He, Rozier does have better numbers, but he's also playing over seven minutes more a game. Uh, I, I think Aaron Harrison, if he was on a team like Louisville, could put up those same numbers. Uh, it, I, I, and I, I think talent-wise, they're even. They're both going to be NBA guards. Um, but without a doubt, Terry Rozier is a more important player in this game. But I think talent-wise, Aaron Harrison, Rozier, that's a push for me. I'm sure you're going to say advantage Louisville. Slight advantage Louisville because if we're talking individual one-on-one, I'm taking Rozier as a better complete player. Okay, and then other guards, all the other guards on the team that will play, uh, big advantage, Kentucky. You've got Tyler Eulis, Devin Booker, maybe Dominique Hawkins versus Gill and Snyder. I mean, that, that this is night and day, Kentucky. Not even close, Kentucky advantage. 
Okay, so let's move to the front court. Again, you can read the detailed uh, versions of this on catsillustrated.com. The wing forward position, and not having Alex Poitras makes this more difficult for Kentucky. Uh, Really, they're down to Trey Lyles and maybe Derek Willis, but realistically, it's just Trey Lyles. Uh, Louisville really only has Wayne Blackshear. You may get a little bit out of... Uh, you know, Shaquan Aaron or Jalen Johnson, but really it's Blackshear. I said uh, advantage push here. Thoughts? Uh, you know, I actually I agree with you because of the – this is – both sides you have a complete mystery. Do we get Wayne Blackshear you saw in the first half That's- of the last game? Do you get Trey – and with Trey Lodge, you have a freshman that's always a mystery that hasn't really shown us that he can dominate at some points, but it definitely showed us excellent consistency at an average level. And this is the longest little blurb that I wrote about these position by positions because you're right. You don't know what to expect. I would say likely the better matchup here would be Blackshear because he he can be more consistent. Uh, You know what you're going to get out of him. But I said the higher ceiling without a doubt is probably Trey Lyles. Although Blackshear looked really good the other night, uh, at least for a half. Um, Power forward, Carl Anthony Towns, Montrez Harrell. Now, again, these are starting. These are the starters. If they were to guard each other, it'd be a huge Montrose Herald advantage. I it, and really, I think Carl Anthony Towns would be able to be able to get some points on Harrell as well. But the thing is, I don't Kentucky be crazy to put Carl Anthony Towns on Montrose Harrell. Willie Cauley Stein would be a much tougher matchup for him. But again, we're doing this power forward for power forward. For, power forward for the advantage is Montrose Harrell. Advantage Montrose Harrell. Yeah, so Louisville gets the edge there. The center position, uh, that that was Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, he, he, that, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein's really good, so uh, we, we won't waste time there. We, we could and say Willie Cauley-Stein versus all three Louisville centers, and it still would probably be a, an edge to Kentucky. I, I, I agree with you, and, and I think Willie Cauley-Stein's going to guard Montrose Harrell, and I think he's going to have a really good game against, at least defensively. I think Montrose Harrell's going to have a tough game. I do. Uh, and that's no disrespect to him because I think he may be the most talented player on the floor, but he's gonna he's gonna have a tough time against Willie Cauley Stein's length. Uh, the other forward and other center position, I, I, again, huge advantage Kentucky, and really that's just Dakari De- Johnson and, and Marcus Lee. Uh, Louisville's got Matthew Yang, and they've got the nice Egyptian, uh, but G- Egyptian magi- the Egyptian magician, as my friend calls him, because of his nice passing ability out of the post. It, it, my friend calls him Jamsies the Great. From Ramsey's the Great. Yes. It's stupid. It's uh, so stupid. The nicknames will be the best part of his four-year career. Yeah, uh, yeah, he has. He, I was impressed with him against Western Kentucky, and he's come a long way. But Dakari Johnson's really good, uh, and I've made that. I've not been shy about my love for Dakari. Uh, so a huge front court advantage. So if you're counting at home, Louisville with uh, one one advantage. Or two advantage, or actually, I guess one because I had the push for the wing and the push for the shooting guard. Uh, so one advantage for Louisville, the other Kentucky, and again two pushes. Um, if you wanted to say Louisville had the advantage at shooting guard, and if you wanted to say Louisville had the advantage at the wing, I'd be okay with that too. Still, it'd be more advantages to Kentucky, and that's no surprise because Kentucky's the favorite in this game. Kentucky should be the the team that wins, and I think if. Kentucky just settles in on defense. Defense can win this for UK. If they can settle in, make Louisville make difficult shots, uh, it's going to go a long way. I I think Kentucky offensively is going to have enough power, uh, uh, different guys where not all of them are going to strike out in this game. Somebody's going to get hot. Somebody's going to make some plays offensively. So it just comes down to defense for UK. Make 
Louisville take difficult shots. And for Montrezl Harrell, I think Kentucky can do that. For Chris Jones, I think Kentucky can do that. Terry Rozier is gonna gotta ha- will have to be the guy to get Louisville going offensively, both with his scoring but also passing. Wayne Blackshear could be an X factor if he's hot like he was the other night. That'll go a long way for Louisville's upset bid. But I think if Kentucky can settle in, get comfortable in that environment, which will be a t- very tough environment to get comfortable in, they'll be able to find a way to win, remain undefeated. My prediction. I think I forget exactly what I said for John Clay, so it might be different. Uh, 65 57, UK beats Louisville. Trevor, I know you've got your show coming on right now, but what's what's your prediction? I know we're going into your hour, and I apologize. It's all right. Mike Gandolfo and uh, crew are actually going to help fill in for me today, so uh, I'm kind of. Uh Stepping back a little bit, but I'll be—you know me—you can't shut me up. Still, regardless whether I'm <laughs> whether I'm doing the show or not, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna pick Kentucky the win. Uh, I'm gonna say Kentucky sixty-eight, Louisville fifty-seven, and I think uh, the two things: one, the one which big man for Kentucky comes out of the woodworks and surprises Louisville. It seems like almost inevitable every year these two teams meet. There's always a uh, irrelevant, somewhat big man for Kentucky that will. Blossom in this game, i.e. Shigari Arlene, Josh Harrelson. Could it be a Towns, I think, is who's been kind of the quietest that may be a big X-Pact in this game. And uh, if Louisville is forced and Kentucky can force Louisville to play one-on-one basketball, this game will be probably 20-25 point victory for Kentucky. If Louisville is forced to play one-on-one, Rozier is not dishing the ball and penetrating and kicking it out and moving the ball currently, and their assist to turnover ratio is as bad as it's been all year, this game's going to get real ugly, I think. I, I I don't see it being ugly. I do see Louisville pressuring. I see Louisville forcing turnovers. I, I see Louisville, this could be a buffer game. Louisville will be a big shot away from making it really interesting. Kentucky will be a big shot away from maybe blowing it open. I don't think either team's going to be able to do it, but I think Kentucky's going to do enough to hold on. The real winner is all these fans uh, being able to watch these. If you're a Kentucky or a Louisville fan, you're living in the golden age of your program. A very lucky fan base is a great, great game in the most beautiful arena in college basketball. I'm kind of playing peacemaker here, but uh, both again, both fan bases, unbelievably lucky to have these coaches and these teams and to be able to watch this game between top five teams tomorrow. So if you're heading out, enjoy the game. If you're watching on TV, enjoy the game. And we will talk about everything that happens on Saturday on Monday. So make sure you join us then. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you then. The city of lights still glow to my old Kentucky home, my old Kentucky home. Oh, they say welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oka Priest Classics, Pink Kentucky Blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two.